Amen. Sometimes warfare is really in the heavenlies, in the Apple cloud, in the Microsoft cloud, and whatever else cloud we got. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14. I have to share today that I am uh, very excited at what I'm hearing for my pastoral celebration this year. I love the um, men of God that we have coming in here by the way of Joshua Sherman and um, Joshua Davis. I know Josh Davis, is, I believe, is a minister, Josh, and I think um, Sherman is a reverend. I think he's a reverend, and um, he's, he's going to sing my favorite song, so y'all going to have to move out the way, make sure the floor is mopped up here because it's about to be over. He's going to minister to my soul. Hallelujah. I'm looking for a David and Saul experience. Minister to my soul in the name of Jesus, and they are very um, exciting, charismatic, talented, anointed, saved men of God, and I'm just looking for such an explosion from this weekend. I have, um, with the little input the armor bears have allowed me to have in this, I um, am pushing for the entirety of the apostles' house to enjoy that weekend and not have to work at all. So work with me, I'm trying really hard um, you see today we were going to have a usher and security appreciation service, but some things didn't fall into place for me right, so we had to postpone it. But you see we're still at the door. Pastor D is greeting. There should be some ushers on the floor somewhere. I think they're on break. Oh, okay, there they go. The jeans and they're black. And um, the elders are ushering today. We kept our word. It is important to keep our word in the house, right? And uh, we could have took care of security now too, you know. Amen. We could have took care. You already know Chevelle and Val. They security if they didn't have the position. Misha ain't too far behind them. So I really want us to enjoy that weekend. So I'm working really, really hard to uh, really have things in place where we can enjoy that weekend. I want to celebrate. Is that all right? And I want to celebrate with the people of the Apostles' House. None other. Amen. All right. Amen, sir. Where you at? Wave your hand. There you go. I see you now. Amen. God bless you, Kevin. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. I'm going to read the New Living Translation. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Let's go up a little bit further and look at the NIV version of this. Do not be yoked, still talking about teams. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? I want to lift up unbelieving, okay? And I know we're in a church setting, but you know that as an apostle, I have to prepare us for the world everyday encounters with the world. We don't live in this brick and mortar called church in the sanctuary. You know, the world doesn't care if we put our finger up when we move. The world doesn't even care to understand what we say when we speak in tongues. So there is a life after the building. And as an apostle, that is always our exceeding assignment is to prepare the saints for ministry and marketplace and living in the world. I can't just have you so heaven bound what the old folks used to say. But you're no earthly good. Amen? 
So I want you to just grab a hold of that word in 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, unbelieving. Now let's just take it out of the context of unbelieving with God. Just being unequally yoked with anyone who's unbelieving in anything that you're working on. Anything come to your mind? Let me hear a couple words, Marcus. And by the way, me and you have to have a meeting. Because that apostle called you out last week and just wanted to hug you. And I had a problem with that. I said, everybody's trying to get our Marcus. We were somewhere in service. And I said to Valine, I said, we just love our Marcus at the apostle's house. Apostle Felicia came in here and picked it up. She said, can I just hug you? I was like, no, I'm his mother. Have a seat. We love you, sir. Keep laughing. It's good to be loved. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Marcus. Was your hand up? Okay. Why not? Different mindset. Now relate that to our relationship with God and then connect it to your relationship with a loved one. I'm, I'm back on y'all single people, us married people. Why would you not open up a business with someone who's not business-minded or at least not in the same niche of business that you want he just said it's going to be frustration it won't be agreement but yet we will marry people business uses the term marry they say we're going to marry this assignment here we're going to marry this 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 uh acquisition between these two ministries uh um sam's club walmart Kmart and Sears were married. They use that term married. You probably heard it in, in times past in corporate. They would say sister businesses, offsprings. So when they use the term married, they're talking about things fitly joined together. Now, we will quickly cut someone off who's not in agreement with us on business, but yet we'll marry someone who is not in agreement with us on choosing this day who we will serve. And then we have problems, great problems. Anyone else? What comes to mind? Tourette's, let's be in order. The strongest of man. So tell me what you get from that as far as agreement or an unagreement.
Joining meaning what? Connecting meaning what? Attaching meaning what? Come on, work it. It's an agreement. It's an agreement. Absolutely. It's a complete agreement. That's why Apostle Paul said, don't even sleep with a prostitute. Because you come in agreement with, with, with what is on that person. We're just going to leave it at that. We're not going to go into details today. Anyone else? Come on, what comes to mind with something that you're doing that you need to protect? Let's make it spiritual. You need to consecrate this thing. This thing needs to be in the world, but anything of the world really doesn't need to be a part of it. And I'm talking mindsets. Crystal. Okay. Absolutely. So you should look for people who are in in agreement, in agreement with it. That's the least you can do. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you'll become desensitized to what's right and wrong. And you'll begin to fight those who actually have a real regard for your spiritual life, which is why a lot of us in ministry, we, we, we take a lot of hits from people because we are the shepherds of your soul. And if we tell you we see something or we sense something that you shouldn't be involved in, you shouldn't be entangled in, and we get this lip and it don't take all that and y'all just too deep and I'm not like you. And yeah, all of that is about to be true in your life. But we have a hard position because even just our spidey senses can tell us that you're connecting with something that you shouldn't be connected with. Or the timing of something isn't right and there's always an attack. And you can always tell when people are doing stuff that they themselves don't agree with because they attack the thing that's coming at it. When, when, when you get into trouble, right, and you know you was guilty and you was wrong, there's a side to you that's just like, all right, all right, what can I do about it? You got me. But when you're like, no, 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 you don't know him. You only saw one side of him. Well, how many sides does he have? <laughs> you didn't see her consistency in my life. Well, if anybody should have seen consistency, it should have been when you introduced her to people. That should have been the most consistent look. Are y'all with me? Yes. Go ahead, Minister Corindus. That's the agreement. Absolutely. And we all know that sex is very powerful. And if anything's going to get you to take on other idols and other gods or just leave your God, it would definitely be sex, which is coming from the verse that Evangelist is talking about. It's the power of agreement. Your hand up, Anya? Okay. 
That's right. Absolutely. Power of agreement. And we're also looking at today the power of disagreement. How powerful that is. Um, there was one more hand. Yes, Mia. Okay. Sure. steps already right there. Prophetess Erica, is, is someone with you today? Hi, auntie. <laughs> nice to meet you. All right. So we get the power of agreement, right? And we get how powerful agreement is. And we also should get a little bit of it just from the part of this conversation today that even if you don't agree with something and you join up with it, you agree with it. And you will soon see the results of that. So let me just segue us a little bit, and then I can tie it all together in time because we have an in-service meeting today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's like my favorite thing to do with y'all right now is the in-services. So the meaning of education. Let's talk about education for a second. We're going to talk about agreement. There has long been a general misconception of the meaning of the word educate. The dictionaries have not aided in the elimination of this misunderstanding because they define the word educate as an act of imparting knowledge. Educate is an act of imparting knowledge. But the word educate has its roots in the Latin word educo, E-D-U-C-O. Okay, that family right there, y'all gonna sit down today. You and your mom, we gonna sit down today. Please get them and have them sit in the back. Y'all not gonna do this to me. I worked too hard to prepare for this. Educo, E-D-U-C-O, which means to develop from within. Say that. Good, I'm making sure you all didn't get thrown off by a correction. Next is a rebuke, so I wouldn't get up. The Latin word, educo, E-D-U-C-O, which means to develop from within. To educe, E-D-U-C-E to draw out, to grow through the law of use. Y'all lost it. Let me pull your minds in. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every mind that's being trafficked right now, with anything that is of this earth, we come against it in the name and in the blood of Jesus. We cause your people to sit and to be open vessels to receive the word that came from heaven through their apostle today. We silence mind trafficking. We cause ADD, ADHD, anxiety, and every other fit that tries to come against and bring enmity against that vessel and your word. We call it to silence and to be saturated in the word of God according to the knowledge of God that is working through this room in here today. We silence worry, 
fear, anxiety, stress. We silence attention. We silence the things that will steal the attention and the focus from the word today. And we call these minds that be in them to also be in Christ Jesus. Are we at peace? Okay, we're going to try this again. Thank you, Lord. Educo, which means to develop from within, and then educate, which is educe, E-D-U-C-E, to draw out, to grow through the law of use. Nothing is being educated if it's not being changed. Nothing's being changed if there is no use of it. Mm. What comes to your mind scripture-wise? About that old fig tree. I feel bad for the fig tree. Like, come on, it just had a bad season. Ain't that what we say? I'm just having a bad season. Why well, I got to go? Like, you got to curse my generation just because I'm not producing? Nature hates idleness in all forms. Nature. So that must mean that God has a problem with it. Again, if we want to grab a scripture, we can grab a scripture on the fig tree. But we find out that nature obeys God. Even with the, 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 the troubles we're bringing to it now with climate control and the, the what is it, the, the greenhouse gases and the acid rain that when rain falls pure from the clouds and it comes through these these heavenlies, as we call them, they come through this atmosphere. The rain has become toxic, which has now contaminated the ground that we plant our vegetables in. So people are now getting manure, and they're making their own dirt, and they're putting their vegetables in little plant boxes, and, and they're, they're growing things because we have just about eliminated all of our natural resources to live in this earth. It's real. So if nature hates idleness, God must hate idleness. Nature gives continuous life only to the elements which are in use. I want to go slow because I want you to process it. Because you're going you're gonna to have to take it two ways, people of God. You're going to have to think in the natural form, right? We just said nature. And we're going to have to think also in the spiritual way. So you're going to have to apply this both ways. I'm going to need your spirit man as well as your educated man to work this word today. Nature hates idleness in all forms. She gives continuous life only to those elements which are in use. Tie up an arm or any other portion of the body, taking it out of use, and the idle part will soon atrophy and become lifeless. You ever go to a doctor's office after you babied or catered to something that was hurting and they say, you got to take it out of that thing. You got to begin to work it and you're trying to, to baby it and, and tie it up and wrap it up and they'll send you to physical therapy and physical therapy is like, no, 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 no. We got to work this thing. We got to begin to move this thing because there is a law of nature that hates anything that's idleness and anything idle eventually dies. Reverse the order Give an arm more than normal use, such as that engaged when somebody's wielding heavy metal or equipment or just simply walking and moving their arms while they're walking. And that arm developed from within grows stronger. Are y'all with me? 
Now, let me take you back to a definition that we did a while ago. Power grows out of organized knowledge. Say that. This church, God's movement, churches all abroad, will only be as powerful as the people, the organization, carry the knowledge. If the people don't agree, the knowledge doesn't happen, the organization will. That's why sometimes you see ministries, they start churches with just family because family ain't going nowhere. But the ministry is. A lot of churches, the, the pastors are so worn out letting the church. One thing I learned when I was under Dr. Price's ministry is that the hard part about making us apostolic people is that the average church is ran from the pews. The people dictate what the pulpit does. In an apostolic church, the pulpit determines what the pews do. Thank you. And every once in a while, we come up against that spirit in here where the pews start trying to tell us what we're going to do. I remember one man said, I will come back to church if you preach this. Trying to tell me what sermons I need to preach. Nothing, he had nothing against what I was preaching, but there was things he wanted to hear and he wanted to put his quarter in the jukebox and make the request on what sermons would need to come down. And I had to let him know, I love you. What's love got to do with it? But the pews would never dictate the pulpit in a house of apostleship. I have to believe and be confident in that the presence, I think she talked about that on Tuesday, over the performance, hey, is way more important for your life here on earth and hopefully if we make it to heaven. It's the presence. And we have to believe that the time that I spend with God that I'm hearing from him exactly what this house needs. I've been in churches where whenever the pastor was worn out or tired, you could tell. Because he'd go back to that same text. If I had to hear one more time about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how many ways could you preach it? To the point that it actually became clicheic. The power of the word was no longer there. It wasn't believable to us anymore. I was sharing with a paper I had to write on um, sociology and climate and technology. What technology is doing to us as a society and how there are more cell phones in the earth than there are people. And what all this technology is doing to us in our personal lives, what it's doing to our climate control and how we have over at this time I don't, the material maybe was from the 90s it was at least 249 insects that are extinct that no longer exist because of the power of technology and it's bigger than smartphones and iPhones and all of that technology is a lot you'd have to be an in-service probably to learn all this stuff but my point with it is today is if we're going to continue to be educated people God's people, educated people. We're going to have to agree on the place that we're going. See, the church struggles because of lack of agreement. Before it has lack of knowledge, it struggles for lack of agreement. Because before we disagreed on scriptures, we became denominations. 
and denominations denominate the one journey that God put us all on. There shouldn't, in my prayers, I'm sorry for any pastor that hears it, but I still pray to this day, break down every denomination that exists. I don't care how much we disagree on the interpretation of a scripture. If there's no Jew and no Greek and no Gentile, there's no Baptist, there's no apostolic. Because if you've been in any kind of study of the apostolic, we're all apostolic. Apostolic simply means after the apostles. Jesus, the apostles, uses. And the reason we don't have power, because we can't even agree how we baptize. There's no organized knowledge. And where there's no organized knowledge, there's no power. People aren't being delivered. People aren't being set free. People are getting deliverance from these narcotics groups and these alcohol groups more than they're getting in the house of God. When you talk to people who don't believe in Jesus Christ and you say, you know, he can clean you up from that drug addiction, AAA cleaned me up. Whatever, how many A's it is, it cleaned me up. Just two, thank you. Narconics Anonymous cleaned me up. Y'all got to bring me something a little better that this Jesus could do than these 12 steps have done for me. And the reason we can't, because we can't agree. How many believers work in the same department, in the same company, in the same organization as you, and they look at us because we can't even agree? Well, we love her. She's nice, but she's lacking knowledge because they still baptize in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and everything is in Jesus' name now. Really? This is where we are? We've got a whole organization that needs the Lord, and we're in here having backroom politics about which name we should baptize in. Power grows out of organized knowledge. But mind you, it grows out of it through application and use. I don't care how smart you are, how many plaques on your walls, how many degrees you have. If there's no application and knowledge of what you have gotten, there's nothing that's coming out of you. You've got nothing. And it's not a diss. If anything, it's a wake-up call. Because everything that we are given, we need to use for the kingdom of God. The churches should be full of counselors, psychiatrists, psychotherapists. This should be a place where we can connect parents with people who want children. This stuff should not be in the world. That's why every time we see it in the news and we get upset, we should go, it's our fault. It's our fault. All of this belongs in the church. The world is making money off of sin. Anytime there's a sin committed, the world forms an organization, the federal government grants it, and they make money off of it. That's why the wealth of the wicked, their resources, their finances is laid up for us. He didn't say we was going to get it. He said it's laid up. It's not hidden. It's not locked. It's just laid up. Think of being married to somebody and just being laid up with somebody. That's a big difference. It's laid up, and you'll hear the church quoting it. Oh, we'll be cool. It's laid up. It's laid up. Well, how are you going to get it? It's not going to happen because Jesus was the only one sent to accomplish anything solo. 
For the rest of us, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for mankind to be alone. Whatever we do, we have to do as a group. He's coming back for his bride. He's not coming back for one good apostle or apostles and prophets only or teachers and pastors only. He's coming back for a church, a bride. He's coming back for a group. It is going to take a group organized in his word, in the power of agreement to see the power that it's going to take to shift this globe he called us to the globe he didn't call us to the church he didn't call us to Elliott Street when is the last time you brought someone to church when the last time you ministered to somebody we got to keep it a secret like we in China somewhere everybody you meet should be in church your hairdresser should want to know about Christ your nail tech should want to know about Christ. Amen. The people at the car wash. It's, it's not hard. Is it hard for y'all? Let me see the hand so I know what I'm working with. I'm talking about that it's hard for. I want to see the hands that it's hard for. I saw a couple of hands go up. I said, no, they ain't understand that. Right. That's all right. Thank you. We were talking about you on the drive-in today. Yes, we were. Had a whole Holy Ghost conversation on you before we got here. The prophet is always ready. Hallelujah. Organized knowledge equals power, which comes from agreement. When something is struggling in its growth, and I like to bring it back to church. Y'all going to have a great in-service today. <laughs> Time with my ministers and elders and the training advanced disciples. Because the things that we've been promised are not not happening because it's laid up we have to come into agreement on what we're doing here if we want the power that's been promised to us there's got to be some organization order and it has got to be around knowledge are y'all with me let me keep going a man may become a walking encyclopedia of knowledge without possessing any power of the value. Think about how many people that quote the Bibles. I don't know about y'all, but I don't even want to just call them religious people because we've just ruined that term as well. But people always preaching to you. Always got a scripture. Always got a Jesus scarf on. If they, if they don't, you can see the Jesus, Jesus scarf invisibly. It's like, how you doing today? God is good. How was that meeting you came out of there? God was glorified. How's things going in your life? God is going to handle it. Can we have a conversation? Can we have, well, we are human. We forget that in the church, but we are human. Well, the problem is you've got a wealth of knowledge about the book. <laughs> Let me say it again. You've got a wealth of knowledge walking wealth of knowledge regarding the book but you're not possessing any power in your life because there's no application and use from the book the KKK stands on the Bible and we get upset about it oh how they using our word of God anybody can use the Bible that chooses to Oprah uses it and doesn't profess the name of Jesus Christ it's a book of knowledge, but it's not a book of power for anyone if you don't agree what's written on the pages. If you like sleeping with the same sex and he says no, 
You want power? It's no. You like having multiple men in your life? I won't look at none of y'all. You like having multiple men in your life? And he says no. It's no. You have to come into agreement with what he says for your life. You can't say, well, I'm going to obey this part, and I'm going to pick this part, and I'm going to pick that part, and I'm going to cut the fat off. There's no fat and there's no bones in the word of God. It's all meat. It's all bread. It's all wine. It's all for our maturing, for our development, and for our good. Can read the Bible. Know the whole book. My memory is so bad. And I'll be like, well, I know there's a scripture that says something. I don't know where it is, though. An apostle. And I used to be, it used to cause an insecurity to be triggered in me. And I'm confident in it. I know it's in there. I mean, I better tell you where it is. But what I can do is show you the power of the application of that word on my life. I may not better tell you what letter Timothy wrote it in. But the power for my agreement with the letter is all over my life. I can change your life. I can change your situation. I can change the destination of your mind. I can change your thoughts. I can change your religion. I can change the profession of your faith. Just let me introduce you to Jesus because he comes in the power, oh, I'm sorry, the volume of the book that it is written. To be in agreement with the volume of the book means that I have come into agreement with the knowledge of the book. So that when I sin, I don't make excuses. I say, I'm sorry. And when I sin again, doing the same sin I did the first time, I don't have to hide from anybody. I can say, Father, help me. Clean me. I desire you, but this thing has got a grip on me. I don't want to be a hypocrite, but I don't want the enemy to get in my mind and cause me to stay home. I don't want the enemy to bring condemnation to me and cause me to put myself out of the race that you said I must endure to the end. Knowing the book... And having the power of the book is two different things. You can know something and not possess any power from it. How many want power? I heard so many sermons. I don't want your power. I want your glory. You can't pick this. This ain't a toothpick Bible. If you get his glory, you got to get some power. If you get his power, you got to get glory. You've got to get some change in your life. It comes together. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Some of the most best educated men in the world has known, possessed much less general knowledge than some who have been educated fools. The difference between the two being that the former put the knowledge they possessed into use while the latter made no such application. How many of y'all sit here every Sunday? You get a rich word. I've had people come to me that was trying to visit here for like three months and they said to me, I don't know about anybody else, but this is a lot. I'm struggling. Do y'all have disciples here, people to help you through the word? It's, this is, it's, it's, it's a lot of word. And we're not going over the same thing next week. You're moving on to the next place already. I look around your church. I don't know if they're keeping up, but I'm not. She said, I, I, what she was saying was, I want to know how to make application of what's being taught to me. Are y'all with me? An educated person is one who knows how to acquire everything he needs in the attainment 
for his purpose in life. This is the part I have to keep bringing out to y'all every week. Without violating the rights of others. Come on now. See, that's the hard part. I'm just a hustler, baby. You're going to hustle all your life. You're going to be just like that hamster on that hamster wheel. Because your mentality is you, (laughs) me, and I. It never means a group of people. God moves in groups, y'all. Let me keep going. An educated person is one who knows how to acquire everything he needs in the attainment of his main purpose in life without violating the rights of fellow men. It might be a surprise to so many called learning men, and it's mankind, to know that they come nowhere near qualification of education. (laughs) Henry Ford, remember him? had but little elementary schooling, yet he is one of the best educated men in the world. How so? Because he acquired the ability to combine natural and economic laws to say nothing of the minds of men that he had the power to get anything of material nature that he needed. I lost y'all. All right, somebody said we here. Somebody said we ain't getting no rebuke. Who yelled out for the people? (laughs) Josie did it. Thank you, Josie. I'm going to skip this part for today. That true education means mind development. Write it down. True education means mind development. I don't care if the world tells you that you're biblical studies or your degree in divinity means nothing to them and the only reason they tell you that is because there's a system built out around education and insurance and loans in our pocket so that the money in America can stay in America there's a system Misha went for a job before and she had on her resume that she had a degree from Bible college. What'd the woman say to you? She said, that's why we called you for the job because you had on there that you had a degree in divinity. Y'all listening to me? Does this mean anything to you? Some people are able to recognize that the volume of the book that changes your life, that brings integrity, that brings mantles of ethics, They'd rather have you on their team than somebody who would steal, somebody who would kill, and somebody who would destroy the work that they've started in that organization. Don't let people tell you that stuff. When you take on that mindset, you're taking on a mindset of the world and not of God. I think it was Corinna that told me, somebody she knew, we'll leave the name out, was hired or their resume stood out more because the person put on there that they loved bowling. And the person who looked at the application went through a hard time in their life. And when they were going through that hard time in their life, they bowled to get through a hard time. And when they saw the application come through and it said, I like to bowl, there was an agreement on bowling that got this person a job with an office, with a credit card, with a cell phone, with a computer and mileage reimbursement. 
We're not understanding the power of agreement. Agreement can get you in doors that money can't open. Agreement can get you at tables that education can't open. It's the power of agreement. We need to be more, not people pleasing. I'm talking about the power of agreement. There's a big difference. Education means mind development. That's why we're a spiritual development center. Not merely the gathering place. <laughs> we know we ain't no gathering place. But we're a place that classifies the knowledge that we learn. Let me hurry up and finish this. Ford, you don't worry, you, you're new here. You, you don't get the same correction they get. Ford could not, in all probability, have named the capitals of all the states of the United States. But he could have, and in fact, had gathered the capital with which to turn many wheels in every state that he couldn't even name. The power of agreement. Let this mind, let this mind. There are many men of learning who could easily entangle Ford, theoretically, with a maze of questions, none of which he personally could answer. But Ford could turn right around and wage a battle in industry or finance that would exterminate those men with all their knowledge and wisdom. He could have shut their companies down. He could have shut their economic systems down. It's like Elon Musk. He says, I don't have a degree. We driving his Teslas. Paid a lot of money for his Teslas. He, he built a, a ship that can go up to space and he doesn't have a degree. You know what he said? I employ people with degrees. They don't mind making $110,000. I want to make billions. Y'all lost that right there. When you go for a certain job in a field with education, they tell you, this job is between thirty dollars and $60,000. This job is between eighty dollars and $110,000. This job right here is going to require you to have a million dollars in loans and you'll make $300,000 a year. Y'all missed it. Ford said, I'd rather study and learn the power of agreement and connect me with individuals who have the degrees and pay them the salary they believe they earn while I make billions off the things they develop for me. I'm getting around the corner here. The mastermind, the mastermind, the mind that God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus have. The mastermind, the mind that we have access to when we come into agreement with it. The mastermind, the mastermind may be developed by a friendly alliance in a spirit of harmony of purpose between two or more minds. Isn't that amazing? Isn't, isn't it important even in the beginning was the word and the word was? He was letting us know that even though this is a God thing, I, Jesus said it, right? We talked about it. I do nothing without the Father. He knew the power of agreement. He knew the power of the mind he would create taking on the mind of God. Now when we pray, we pray for the mind of Christ. We come in agreement with what Christ is doing because in this mind, there is no good thing. In this mind, I can't see afar off. I don't know about Alpha and Omega. I don't know about beginning and end. But when I tap into the unlimited resources, the unlimited reasoning of God's mind, but it only comes from agreement. And that's where a lot of us struggle at. 
There may be, and altogether too often, there is developed out of the meeting of two or more minds a negative power. This is where I'm going to park and we're going to get us out of here. A negative power, which is just the opposite to a mastermind. That's why we're dealing with believing and unequally yoked today. Any man who has found his mother-in-law to be incompatible has experienced the negative application of the principle known as the mastermind. For some reason, as yet unknown to profilers and investigators, in the field of mind behavior, the majority of mother-in-laws appear to affect their daughter's husbands in a highly negative manner. The meeting of their minds which those of their son-in-law creating a highly antagonistic influence instead of a mastermind. You understand me? Okay. This fact is all too well known as truth to make extended comment necessary. Just listen. Some minds will not be harmonized and cannot be blended together. A fact which all leaders of people will do well to remember. It's the leader's responsibility so as to group his men <laughs> that those who have been placed at the most strategic points in his organization are made up of individuals whose minds can and will be blended in a spirit of union, harmonious friendliness. Am I still with y'all? Y'all still with me? Ability so to group men and their chief outstanding quality of leadership is the quality of leadership. A wise leader knows not to just put everybody here together unless we're just trying to run some tests. Are y'all with me? I'm learning. Y'all learning? The most effective alliances which have resulted in the creation of the principle known as the mastermind have been those developed out of the blending of minds of men and women. The reason for this is the fact that the minds of male and female will more readily blend in harmony than the minds of males with males. Also, the added stimulus of sexual contact often enters into the development of a mastermind between a man and a woman. It is a well-known fact, God had a plan. It is a well-known fact that the male of the species is keener and more alert for the chase. Let the goal or the object of the chase be what it may. When inspired and urged on by a female, the human trait begins to manifest itself in the male. It starts at the age of puberty and continues throughout his life. That's why a lot of the sex change laws everybody's fighting with right now a lot of people are fighting with because they want to do it at puberty they want to do it before puberty they want to do it before all this stuff is released in their body so that we can create our own type of human species so we got kids Danny and Peyton and how old is Rachel probably two more years where these children are able to go into their parents and able to go into a doctor's office and decide I don't like what it feels like to be this body that I'm in, whether you're male or female. And they'll begin with medications because they want to halt what nature has already determined you are. 
at the age of puberty. Come on, we're almost there. Remove the woman from any audience, and the game known as football will soon become a very tame affair. A boy will throw himself into a football game in almost superhuman effort when he knows that the girl of his choice is observing him from the grandstand. And that same boy will throw himself into the game of accumulating money with the same enthusiasm when inspired and urged on by the woman of his choice. See, and we thought it was just about money for them. Especially if that woman knows how to stimulate his mind with her own. Come on, y'all, I just preached right there. On the other hand, the same woman may, through a negative application of the law of agreement, through nagging, jealousy, selfishness, greed, vanity, I think it's all in Proverbs 6, can drag that same man down to sure defeat. Quiet. Quiet. The late Albert Hubbard, look him up, understood the principle here described so well that when he discovered that the incompatibility between himself and his first wife was dragging him down to sure defeat, he ran the gamut of public opinion by divorcing her and marrying the woman who was said to have been the main source for his inspiration in life. Look him up. Again, I had to tell y'all last week, to be frank, this teaching, this author, is justifying divorce. They are. When the conditions surrounding marriage are such that harmony cannot prevail. This is not intended to convey that I or the Bible believe the lack of harmony may be the only reason for a couple to seek out divorce. We all know from my teachings that I agree in counseling, therapy, psychotherapy, everything you need to get. Prayer, deliverance, childhood healing. In most of my married couple sessions, I'm dealing with their parents and not even them. So it, it could take a year before I get to you. I'm dealing with the parental tree and not even the fruit yet of what was developed from that dysfunction in the home. So what this man is saying is, is what a lot of wealthy people do. Even what the Bible did. When the parents picked who you married. Am I right? Am I in the book? And the reason why the parents picked who you married, because they want an agreement with the entire families. You didn't marry some boy who had cute braids. You didn't marry somebody who just had the build that you like. You didn't marry somebody just for money. The families would meet and they would negotiate how the families together through the power of agreement can create something that God wanted in this earth for family. He didn't want families together that fought each other. When that couple went through trouble, they should have a multitude of counselors in the family to go to called other married people. Now we have to go out and pay for it and hope insurance pay for it. Because if insurance don't pay for it, we ain't paying for it. It's not worth it. But our outfit and our nails and our hair and the car we drive, we'll spend our money on. But we will not invest in the things that can bring healing to our soul, help in our marriage, and a blessing to the generations that come from us. 
How dare you look that good and your stuff is raggedy? Your marriage is raggedy. Your children are divided. They don't even come to church. How dare you look that good? Oh, I see y'all rolling your eyes. I love you. We're talking about agreement. So you're not going to get this message in about this house more than likely because in, in our religious growth and the evolving of our religious understanding, it's had to be about the care and the well-being of the people. But understand that no one is cared for and no one's well-being is doing them any good if there's no application from the book. I know pastors that pay their members rents and they still leave when they're ready. I know pastors that leave vacations and dinners to be there for the members and the members still don't show up to what they say they're gonna show up to. I know pastors that have done it the pew way. I'm telling you to come in agreement with the book, the volume of the book that it is written and let him take over your mind. Let him create in you a new heart. I'm just a deliverer. I'm just an extension cord that's plugged into the wall and the outlet called Jesus to the pole called God out on the street. I'm telling you how he can change your life and he can change your mind. But when he's struggling against a mind that's already been turned towards the world, there's going to be problems. Let me finish and I'm, I'm, I'm done. I said 10 after I was going to be done. Is y'all right still? Because it don't make sense to teach if y'all can't take any more. We got the capacity five minutes. The road to success may be and generally is obstructed by many influences which must be removed before the goal can be reached. One of the most detrimental of these obstacles is that of unfortunate alliances with minds which do not harmonize. In such cases, the alliance must be broken or the end is sure to defeat and failure. It goes back to proper attitudes toward leadership. I had such a problem with that book because all he ever did, this is what we give the new members as a class when they come here, all, they, all he tells you at the end of the first maybe six chapters is if you're not in agreement with the leader, leave. If you don't like what's being taught, leave. And I was like, well, how are we going to win them over to Christ if everybody's just leaving? Then I grew up. I got some real education, the kind that has application. And I realized that keeping goats in a sheep ministry, it don't work. Forcing people that come to end services that make it clear they don't want to be there. It's not the power of agreement. I'm trying to change mindsets so that lives can be changed. Marriages can be changed. Your life can see success. We talked last week, right? I can succeed. She said on Tuesday, well, it's going down. And then I get messages, so-and-so can't come. So-and-so can't. That's not agreement. I cannot keep bucking my head against goats when God has called us to be sheep. Stick with your aunties in them. That's why they the way they is with y'all. Almost there, almost there. The man who mastered the six basic fears, one of which is the fear of criticism. How y'all doing? Will have no hesitancy and taking what may seem to be the more convention-bound type of mind to be one with his God, one with his wife, one with his business, would take a drastic action when he finds himself being bound down by antagonistic alliances. 
no matter of what nature or whom they may be. It is a million times better to meet and face criticism than to be dragged down to failure and oblivion on account of alliances which are not harmonious, whether the alliances be of a business or social nature. Remember this, that a mind which cannot and will not harmonize with one person or persons may harmonize perfectly with other types of minds. What do you get from that? Thomasine, are you with me? If you can, tell me what you get from that. Denise, what you get from that? So just because someone's mind couldn't come into agreement with yours doesn't mean they can't come into agreement with someone else. Anyone else? Yes. Very good. Yep. Is that hard to do? Ooh, come on, baby, go there. Is that hard to do? Who said it is, you? Yeah, it is, I agree. Anyone else? How many of y'all feel that there's some relationships in your life right now where you're forcing the relationship? Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter how distant it is. Summer's here. Y'all probably had them family reunions to go to. <laughs> How'd that work out? And you find yourself forcing. I talked to y'all. I had to be forced around my mother. I had to be forced to be around my father. I had to be forced to be around my disrespectful kids. I, I had to be forced to talk to that uncle that nobody wants to talk about or auntie what they did to me in this family. Nobody wants to talk about it. They make me remain the black sheep in this family so that the family can look good. The power of agreement is with them, but nobody's given me the power, the satisfaction of agreement by what happened to me. That's why he says, when you can't get agreement from any other flesh, he warned us that the arms of flesh would fail us, right? He said to let that mind that you have, that thought that you're having right there, right there, that thought that you're having right there, let that be also in Christ Jesus. Come into agreement, relationship. He says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And he was like, tasting, tasting, partnering. He wants you to agree with him. There's dreams and visions that need to happen, and they're laid up. And the only thing, you don't have to fight. He told us back in, 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 in Egypt, he said, these Egyptians that you see today, you'll see no more. I, I got angels on assignment to fight your battles. All I need is your agreement. I need you to taste and see. I need you to trust me. I need you to agree with me. And all the things that stored up in the heavenlies, all the wealth that's laid up, the love that you need so badly in your life, I've got all those things for you. But coming in agreement with people before you come in agreement with me, says the Lord, you're going to keep getting what you're in agreement with and not what I have for you. I want to mention something, but I don't know how to really do it. 
something regarding the teaching. Going back to when we talked about PATL, when he mentioned if you're not in agreement with your pastor, it's best to leave. How many of y'all have gone through that class? Because it causes a division. Instead of an agreement with vision, it causes a division, even if you're right. I spoke last week from my heart to the singles about taking the time to be with the God of man instead of the man of God until you know who he really is in God. Don't destroy your life. Don't bring other people into this life. Do you know when you marry wrong and you bring that into your church, we all hurt? Can somebody tell me? When churches go through divorce, we all hurt. Because now we can't like him because of you and we like him. Y'all just couldn't get along. Am I right? Isn't that what we do? It's just like in our family. We break up, you talk to them, you ain't down. You ain't family no more. You get all, you can't talk to them, so you got to sleep and talk to them. Don't bring up your relationship because I have no opinion on that. But I just really liked you as a person. We have to cut people off because y'all divorced. We got to pick sides. We have to sit back and watch people make mistakes with their lives. We all go through. So in a family, even in a church family, your decisions affect us. We're going to talk about this in the end service today. Your mistakes affect all of us. Your growth, your promotion affects all of us, whether we want it to or not. Because there is a spirit, an energy, a chemistry that flows through people who sit together every week, two and three times a week together. And that's why when I, when I share with y'all some people who left the ministry, some of y'all cried. I was so mad at y'all. <laughs> I was so mad, Yolanda. I was like, how dare y'all cry? They caused me turmoil. But there was a relationship built. There was an agreement built. And there was something about that person that they didn't have to deal with them on the level that I did. And they were able to be friends with them and to love them. Do y'all get what I'm saying? You got to work out your soul's salvation with fear and trembling. Because your marriage affects us. Your disunions affect us. Your one foot in, one foot out lifestyles affects us. Every time you yoke yourself up with someone and break it off and yoke, you got all of us going crazy too. Think about the bigger picture of what God has formed and created with his body of believers. And when you struggle with respecting yourself, think about the rest of us. That's too deep. Think about the rest of us. Y'all do understand that when y'all get in some stuff, I get the warfare from it too? If I don't have the proper life and the proper people praying for me, my warfare, which is homicidal and suicidal warfare, it would take a church out. Your faith may be that not of a mustard seed yet, but you better believe what's written in this book is true. There is a spirit of unity and there's a spirit of harmony that we are growing and developing here. 
and what we do and bring in and out of this church and our lives affects all of us. Do not think that it doesn't. Now listen, because oftentimes when you share thoughts like this, the wrong people take it seriously. And the people you want to take it seriously, it just goes right over their head like water on a duck's back. I'm not saying that you need to leave church until you get your stuff together. I'm telling you this is a warning from God to get your stuff together. Get it together while you're in the house of God. Get it together while you're in relationship with God. Get it together while your feet can still walk on this side of the dirt. Because he's coming back. I'm going to leave it there. Come on, let's stand. Y'all right? Shake your shoulders a little bit. Shake it off. You can take it. You just been in the ring with Jesus. You'll be all right. <laughs> just shake the shoulders just a little bit. Take a deep breath. Come on, let's do it together. In our nose, out our mouth. Come on, we're going to do it one more time. In our nose, out our mouth. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit that has given us the capacity to receive this message. And as we continue to develop in you, may this, this heart of flesh, this, this body of dirt, get the capacity to not just hear these messages, but to allow them to be developed in us for application and use. Don't allow us to just quote the word and, and hear the word, but not be doers of your word. Let us hear this message today as a message to pull up, to come up. I think the world says level up. We're often very clear on our assignments on TikTok, but in the house of God, we are so unclear about our assignment. I pray that every mind, every ear is opened, every eye that is closed can see what the spirit of the living God is doing and singing in this season. I cover each one of your children, Father, today, online and in this building with the atonement of your blood. But I also charge their spirit, man, to come up in their decision to make Jesus their God. If there's one today here that does not know him and you'd like to come to this altar, and maybe you're unsure of what it means or what it entails, we will explain it all to you. If you're curious, come up. If you're questioning, come up. If you know without a shadow of a doubt, come up. And for those who are curious and questioning, you may not get introduced to him at this second, but we would love to talk to you and spend some time going through the pages with you so that you can understand this volume of the book that it is written that we talked about today. We're looking to come into agreement with you. Is there one today? Is there one today that would like to come into agreement with the Apostle's house and you'd like to come here and receive your tutelage here? You'd like to be under the Apostle and the fivefold leadership here for the development of your spiritual man so that your life can be in agreement with not the God of the universe, not the God of Buddha, but the God of gods, the King of kings. Is there one today? Is there one in here suffering in their body and you want prayer before we leave? If you do come now, we're going to close out the church and the, the leaders will minister to you. Are you struggling in your mind? Come now if you're struggling in your mind. The mind warfare. 
Come on, somebody got stuck in this message today, this sermon. It, 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 it struck you somewhere and it's not a good feeling. You need to come now. Let this word be processed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Be developed. This wasn't a pastor's message. This was an apostolic call to the whole man to come in and be submit, submitted through the power of agreement. Come on, there's two more of you. Come on out. I'm not going to call your name. Just come now. Come on. Come on. Ooh, you want me to call your name? <laughs> Joycey is one of them. Come on, there's two. Two, come on. Come on up. Mm. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, as we seal this altar, let the anointing rest appear upon your people who have come for the appeal of this word. Father, I thank you for those who are in their seats that they will agree with us in prayer today for the souls that are looking for change and transformation. I pray for every home to be delivered. I pray for agreement with your word. I pray that we open your word and begin to read your word to know what we're coming to agreement with. Thank you, Father, for even considering use of us. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen and amen. Amen. The usher is going to come in the center aisle. If you'd like to sow a seed for the word, you are welcome to do so. Ministers, you are released to come pray for these at the altar. And God bless you online and those that are here in the building with us today. Thank you for being with us today. We look forward to seeing you in revival this Tuesday with Prophet Jasmine Georges. If you don't know her, come with your sneakers on. And I would try to get in here early and sit as close up front as you want to. Uh, you think this message was bad. The spirit of God that comes with her isn't playing. If you want healing and deliverance, you will get it. This Tuesday, we'll see you at 7 p.m. God bless you.